Welcome to today's message from Transformation Church with Pastor Jim Balzano. It is written. Do you know what is written? You know, last week I did a message called the Year of Ichabod. For those of you who were not here, I... I now, you're really in a hurry back there. You know how they're rushing me through the sermon? I did a message, the year of Ichabod. Many of you know the word Ichabod means the glory has departed. But man, when you read that story, the last thing that was happening in Israel was the glory departing. How many know that God was restoring the glory to Israel? One of the things that was mentioned in that sermon is what was written in 1 Samuel chapter 3, where the scripture says that the word of God was rare and manifestations were rare in those days. And I said to you last week that the word of God wasn't rare because God was being fickle. It wasn't because God was rare. How many know it was rare because of men? All right, listen to me for a moment. And I said to you, I made a statement to you last week that if the word of God is rare to you, it's probably because you're rare to it. And I can tell you, when I'm not rare to the word of God, his word is not rare to me. All right, and, and so I, I began, to, and we focused on that a little bit last week, and, and the God put it on my heart to spend the month, this month in January, doing a series on the Word of God. I, I'm telling you, listen to me, listen to me, and listen to me. You will never go wrong in your life by getting the Word of God into your heart and into your life. All right, I want to talk about that some. You know, it's an amazing era that we live in. We live in an era of incredible technology. We live in an era where we got more tools at us. How many know you can have about 50 different Bibles on your iPhone right now, and your iPads and your computer, and you can do the, 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 the Bible study that you can do. What we used to do when we'd take, a, we'd take a Strong's Concordance. How many have a Strong's Concordance at home? How many know you could actually kill a dog with that thing? <laughs> I mean, you get that sucker out, you just hit him over the head, you'll knock him out for at least three weeks. All right, Penny has no idea how many times I hit the dog with that concordance. All right, but, but that, that thing was this big. And then, the, I mean, I remember how small the print was in those things. And then you had to look at each one up individually, look up these words and see what it meant. Man, it, it took so much longer to study. Now, at the click of a button, you can have those words, you can have those meanings. And I mean, it has just increased the ability to study like you can. And yet, with all the advancement and all the tools and all the things we have at our disposal, Biblical illiteracy as an all-time high. It's incredible how shallow, whoo, shallow our knowledge of Scripture is today. You know, there's some statistics out there that fewer than half of all adults can name the four Gospels. Half of all adults can name the four Gospels. Many Christians, not talking about the world, many Christians cannot identify more than two or three of the disciples. More than two or three. According to data from Barna, 60% of Americans can't even name five of the Ten Commandments. All right? Like, well, no wonder we're breaking them. We can't even know, we don't even know what they are. You ever, you ever get caught speeding, didn't know you were speeding? Because you didn't know what the posted speed limit was? Yeah. According to 82% of Americans, 82% of Americans, God helps those who helps themselves is a Bible verse. It's not a Bible verse. <laughs> okay? That was 82% of Americans. Those identified as born-again Christians, it was 81%. <laughs> okay? 
The majority of adults think that the Bible teaches that the most important purpose in life is taking care of one's family. A Barna poll indicated that at least 12% of adults believe that Joan of Arc was Noah's wife. <laughs> All right. Another survey of graduating high school seniors revealed that over 50% thought that Sodom and Gomorrah were a husband and wife. <laughs> a considerable number of respondents to one poll indicated that the Sermon on the Mount was preached by Billy Graham. I mean, Billy was old, but he wasn't quite that old. Fewer than half adults say the Bible is 100% accurate in what it teaches. Half, 51%, say the Bible was written for each person to interpret as he or she chooses. And that is absolutely false. I have been and I have sat in meetings and classroom discussions where somebody says, well, to me it means such and such. No, it don't matter what it means to you. What it means is what God meant and how do you interpret what God wrote, okay? Three quarters, 77% of those interviewed say people must contribute to their own effort for personal salvation. Half, 52%, say good deeds help them earn a spot in heaven. 45% believe there are many ways to get there. And so we got this era in which we live that is really not defined, if you will, by biblical knowledge. And yet, let's face it, the, the church expects the world to live according to biblical standards, amen? But yet, much of the church now doesn't know the Bible. I want to talk to you a little bit about this. So I've decided to do this word, series. We're going to do this series on the Word of God, all right? Because I'm telling you how important it is for you. And I believe that if we do this in January and you put the Word into your life and you put it to work in your life, you're going to see incredible things this year in your own personal walk with God. I'm going to do a message this week and next week. And then the third week, I've asked Peter to be a part of this series. And he's going to preach a message on praying the Word. How many know praying the Word is an incredibly important thing? How many know when you don't know what to pray, praying the word's a good idea, right? How many know you can pray in agreement with the word, all right? And so he's going to do a, one on that. But I'm going to talk to you today a little bit about, um, you know, and I have struggled with this message. I have struggled with this message. So I'm praying this morning that it comes about in the way that I want it to come about, and I'm hoping that it comes about, because, man, I'm telling you, it's not that I struggled. I, I, it's just that I had to come to some conclusions and some things, and what is it that I would sum it up, because... You know, it's easy to preach for three hours. It is. But when you have to, you're trying to be more concise and bring everything in to bring it in one place. Sometimes it's really hard because you feel like you're scattered all over the place. And so I kind of feel like that this morning. But hey, let's see what happens. I think God will still be all right, don't you think? And so let's talk about this. And so the title today is, we're going to call it, It Is Written. But I want to come back to it in a little while and tell you why it is written. Okay? Now, let me begin with this. Let me read you a scripture out of uh, Paul's letter to Timothy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read that um, to you first, okay? That, that comes from out of Timothy. Paul's writing to Timothy, and he says this to them. As soon as I find it, lost my space. He says, you, Timothy, however, continue in the things you've learned and you have become convinced of. How many of you are convinced today? 
I hope that side is. Okay. You're convinced. Knowing from whom you have learned them and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture, everybody say all, is inspired by God. So when you pick up this scripture, when you pick up this word, when you pick this up, how many know this is the inspired word of God? And you, you, how many know you have to start there? Because if you don't believe this to be the inspired word of God and you just think it's some word of some man, how many know at some point you'll say, I don't agree with that. But when it's the inspired word of God, it becomes the foundation for your life. Now, he says, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. So I want you to understand this scripture, and this is just an introduction. Paul says to Timothy, you have known the sacred writings from childhood, and these sacred writings have led you to a faith in Jesus Christ. And now your faith in Jesus Christ, all right, and it gave you the wisdom to, um, to find salvation in Christ. Now, this same scripture is profitable to you, man of God, servant of God, because it will teach you, it will reprove you, it will correct you, and it will train you so that you can be equipped for every good work. Listen to me. If you are a believer and you don't have the word of God in you and you don't know the writing of God, you're ill-equipped. You're ill-equipped. You might try, I, I, I am better equipped by knowing the word of God than if I don't know it. Because it is this that teaches me. Peter may tell me, but I may not believe Peter. But I mean, if the Bible tells me, I may believe it. All right? So now think about this. So now, Paul told Timothy these words and how they operated in his life. Now I'm going to come to you for a moment. And I'm going to ask you a question. My question to you is this. What is the purpose of Scripture? And I want you to just mull that over in your mind. You don't have to shout out the answers or anything. But in your mind, if I said to you this morning, what is the purpose of Scripture? What is the priority purpose of Scripture? What is the fundamental principle, purpose of Scripture? What would you say? And you can think about that, okay? And I'm going to tell you what I believe it is. After I've been reading through this for days and Scriptures and just pondering, I'm going to give you my opinion. You don't necessarily have to agree with it. I've often told people, you're, it's okay for you to be wrong. <laughs> it's a joke. But when I'm looking at the Bible, let me tell you what I believe to be the number one purpose of Scripture. I believe the most fundamental role of Scripture is to reveal Christ. The number one fundamental role of Scripture is revealing, revealing Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to take you on a little bit of a journey. It's going to be a different message today. I don't have a lot of pithy points to go on the screen. But I'm going to read you some scriptures to back up my premise. Okay? The first scripture I want to read you is John chapter 5, verse 38 through 40. Jesus is rebuking the Pharisees. He's having a talk with them. He says, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. It is these that testify about me. And you are unwilling to come to me so that you may have life. 
Listen to me this morning. So Jesus is looking at the religious leaders, the teachers of the law, the experts in the law. He's looking at them. He says, you search out the scripture because you think it's in the scripture that you have life. Listen to me this morning, church, that you knowing the scriptures is not salvation. Knowing the scriptures is not salvation. You can quote it cover to cover. You can know it cover to cover. You can recite it cover to cover. You can do it backwards if you want. All right? But that is not in and of itself salvation. Knowing the scriptures does not in and of itself bring salvation. I can tell you lots of people who know the Bible that aren't saved. Lots of people who know the Bible who are not. Jesus looks at them and says, you think you're saved because you know the scriptures. Those very scriptures you read are a testimony about me and you are rejecting me. Let me go to another scripture. Say, please do, hurry on. All right? I'm sorry. But believing in the one whom the scripture is about brings salvation. So understand something this morning. You can read this, you can know this, you can memorize this, you can do everything you want. It is not salvation in and of itself. The fact of the matter is, Knowing the scriptures does not in and of itself bring salvation. Believing in the one whom the scripture is about brings salvation. Now, that's one scripture. Let me give you another scripture. I'm I'm establishing my premise that the number one role of scripture is to reveal Jesus Christ. All right? Second scripture. Acts chapter 8, verse 35. Philip, the Bible says this. Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning from this scripture, he preached Jesus to him. Who's the him? The him is an Ethiopian eunuch who came to the temple in Jerusalem to worship God. If you know what an Ethiopian eunuch was, the only far he could go was as far as the court of the Gentiles. He could not go into the place to worship God in the fashion that he wanted to. So he was outcast. He had to leave there. He leaves there disappointed and dejected, but he's along the road. Along the road, the Bible says he's reading the scroll of Isaiah. How many of the scroll of Isaiah scripture? The scroll of Isaiah is the word of God. All right, he's sitting there reading it. God supernaturally transports Philip to being near that chariot, and he hears what he's reading. And then the Bible says this. So Philip opened his mouth and began from this scripture, he preached Jesus to him. Get this, all right? Philip is going to lead a man to faith in Jesus Christ. How is he going to do it? He's going to do it by opening up the Isaiah scrolls to him, okay, setting up my premise. Let me go on, say please do, hurry up. Let me give you another one. Um, Acts chapter 17, verses two and three. Paul is going into the synagogues as was his custom. And according to Paul's custom, he went to them and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the scriptures. Hmm explaining and giving evidence that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead and saying, this Jesus whom I proclaim to you is the Christ. How many are seeing a pattern here? Thank you. There's a bit of a pattern going on here that all of a sudden people are finding a knowledge and a revelation of Jesus Christ and the knowledge and the revelation of Jesus Christ is not coming from man, but rather it is coming from the written word of God. The written word of God is bringing revelation of Jesus so that now man can put their faith in Jesus. All right, now, I got another one. Say, yes, please, hurry on. All right, (laughs) Acts chapter 18, Paul again. For he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, demonstrating by the scriptures 
that Jesus was the Christ. You see, the fundamental rule of Scripture is to bring a revelation of Jesus Christ. I'm going to say to you that the fundamental priority rule of the Scriptures is not to make you a better person. Although, how many of you become a better person by the Word of God? I would say to you that the priority of Scripture is not to make you a better husband, a better wife, although how many know if you follow scripture, you probably become a better husband, a better wife. There's a lot of things that I can teach you out of scripture that you can learn out of scripture that makes you better people, but that is not the primary purpose of scripture. The primary purpose of scripture is to bring a revelation of Jesus Christ. And how do I know that? Because I've just shown you multiple places where Jesus is being revealed through the scripture. Now, I want to show you something. I'm going to preach a little bit from this one passage. So now, but what about, so Jesus tells the Pharisees, he says to them, you think you have knowledge, life, because of the scriptures. You search the scriptures for life. But those very scriptures testify about me. Now watch this. So let's go to an account. Let's, let's, let's find a biblical account that we can kind of look at and draw a few things from. All right. Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. Verse 13. This is called, we've famously known, the road to Emmaus. I'm going to call it the road to enlightenment. <laughs> I'm going to call it to the road to understanding, the road to enlightenment or insight, okay? Let's set it up. So let's set this up for just a few moments. The setting, Jesus had lived his 33 years, roughly, okay? And he come to a place where now he was put on trial. He was crucified on the cross. He died. They buried him put him in a grave, and he was resurrected to life by the Spirit of God, okay? And now, in this portion of Scripture, we have two men. Let's read it. Now, behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was, while they conversed and reasoned, that Jesus himself drew near and went with them, okay? But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is that that you're having with one another? Then the one whose name was Cleopas said, said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, what things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people. And how the chief priest and own rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucify him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today's the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. So let me stop there for a moment. So you got two men who have been with, been with Jesus. You got two men who are walking along the road several days after Jesus was dead, raised to life, and now they're walking along the road. The Bible says they were sad. The Bible says their countenance was sad. Let me ask you a question this morning. Have any of you ever had a countenance that's been downcast? Anybody ever had a sad countenance, a downcast countenance, where the things in the situations of life have got you down? All right? 
And then, they, so they're walking along in this countenance. Their countenance was shaped by the events of the day. Now watch this, but I want to take you on a little bit of a journey. So this is what they say. When Jesus asked them what was going on, they made several statements. The first one they made was, Jesus the Nazarene, the prophet, mighty in deed and word. How many know they were right? Was Jesus a prophet? Was Jesus mighty? Was he mighty indeed? Was he mighty in word? Was he only that? They had a revelation of Jesus, but it was incomplete. They had a knowledge of Jesus, but it was limited. They had a knowledge and an understanding of Jesus, but this knowledge and understanding that they had Jesus was only partial, it was only incomplete. It was, only, it was limited, all right? They had a partial understanding. They said he's a prophet, which was true. They said he's a Nazarene, that's true. But how many of the Bible says he was much more than that? How many of the Bible says he was the son of God? How many of the Bible says he was the lamb of God to take away the sins of the world? How many of the Bible says he was the Messiah? How many know there's so much more than he was than what they just said? Can, can I tell you this morning that much of Christianity today is living with a partial understanding of who Jesus is? That we're living with a limited understanding of who Jesus is. We know him as Savior, we know he's our Redeemer, but we fell far short of many other things that he is. How do I get a full revelation of who Jesus Christ is? The word of God. The scripture. Watch, okay, let me go on. They said, and then they said this, and then they said, and the chief priest and the rollers crucified him. How many know that was true? But how many know that was still an incomplete story? How many know that was true, but they didn't know the backstory? What's the backstory? How many know Jesus going to the cross was God's idea? How many know Jesus going to the cross was actually Jesus' idea? How many know it wasn't them who put him on the cross? How many know it was he who willingly gave himself to be on the cross? You see, you've got to understand something. If you, you have to understand that there is a knowledge of Scripture that brings a completeness and a fullness to the story. Watch this. He was the high priest who brought the lamb to the sacrifice of Calvary. It was Jesus dying. It was Jesus being buried. It was him willingly giving himself up for the world. And now they said what? They said what? They said, and we had hoped that he would be the one to redeem us. Hello, he was. But they did not know that because they had a limited understanding and a limited insight into who Jesus was. Now, their hopes were crushed of what they believed happened. He was not the redeemer. So what does Jesus do? He's, saying, he's walking along the road, has an old walk with him. What are you talking about? They tell him. He hears them. He sees their sad countenance. He sees them in a hopeless state. He says, and all of a sudden, he's like listening to the story. And what does he do? Well, let's see. This is what he says in verse 25. Oh, foolish ones and slow of heart. <laughs> I, I think he, I'm, I, I'm not sure. He might have done one of these. How many of you have ever done that to your husband? <laughs> How many of you ever felt like doing that to your husband? Okay. How many of you are lying to me? Oh, you foolish ones. Oh, you slow of heart. He rebukes them. Like, 
These guys are crushed. These guys are like, they're bummed out, man. You see, he says, you foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all the prophets have spoken. Their failure to believe what the prophets had written is what brought them to the state that they were in. Listen to me. Their inability to believe the written word of God through the prophets brought them to their current state. They had scripture. They had the prophets. They had the Redeemer revealed in the scripture. They had the Messiah revealed in the scripture. They had it, but they did not believe it. You see, listen to me. So what does Jesus do? He rebukes them. But watch what he does. Watch what he does now. Verse 27. And beginning at Moses. How many know where Moses begins? Genesis. How many know what the first book of the Bible is? Genesis. How many know where the first place we see Jesus is in Genesis? How many know the Bible tells us in the New Testament he was there at creation? But how many know we get a first picture of the Redeemer in Genesis 3? He begins with Moses and all the prophets, and he expounded to them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. So now Jesus looks at these guys, and he now brings to life the scriptures. He now preaches about himself through scripture. Listen to me. This book, this one, the one you have on your iPhone, iPad, computers, this is the story and the revelation of Jesus cover to cover. Cover to cover. Not just the New Testament. Cover to cover, it is a revelation of Jesus Christ. And the core thing you need in your life is not six steps to a better life. It's a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. And yet you cannot have a full revelation of who Jesus, a full revelation of who Jesus Christ is without knowing the Word of God. And we live in a dangerous time because how many know we now want to live by sound bites? We now want to live by sound bites. Give me a, give me a one sentence zinger on the screen. Facebook, boom. I love Facebook. But we want to live by the sound bite. We want to live by this quote. We want to live by the special quote. We want to live, listen to me this morning. All those are well and good as long as they're backed by the book. There's much more substance than a quick soundbite. I said to my staff one day, sent a text out and said to them in person one day, in today's era of social media, there's a lot of soundbite preaching. Now we preach for the soundbite, we preach for the, the likes, we, preach, we can preach for the, the, the quote, we preach for the, all that. Some of it's sound preaching and some of it's not. You can have both. But if you have to have one or the other, go for sound preaching. I'd rather you be, and ex- be able to expand on the word and preach the word and bring it with substance and truth. Because how many know Paul did not rely on cleverness of speech? Like we've gotten to a place where we're really clever. Come on. That thing Troy did, that was really clever. It was really good. I'm not being smart. That was really good. I mean, I could have just said amen after it. Listen to me this morning. Jesus now was going to bring revelation to these men. 
He was going to change their countenance. He was going to change their state. He was going to change their knowledge by doing what? By revealing himself through the scripture. The greatest thing you can learn from scripture, number one, is who Jesus is. The number one thing you can learn through scripture is who Jesus Christ is. It's amazing to me how many people in a legalistic, harsh, critical state can quote the words of Paul the Apostle in some of his writings to the church, but have no idea what the Spirit of Jesus looks like. Now I'm going to go on a little tangent. Here I go. Let's go. If you really read the words and you really had an understanding of who Jesus was, you would not be holding that grudge. If you really had an understanding of who Jesus is, you may not be carrying that offense any longer. I could go on and on. Well, I probably will. I'm saying to you this morning that many of us have come to the scripture, we come to a belief in Jesus in order to try to get us to heaven, but it has not shaped and redefined our life. If, it's not, if, if that is not shaping and redefining your life, then it has fallen short of its goal. Because listen to me, the scripture reveals to me the identity of Jesus from whence I get my identity. My identity does not come from the scripture. My identity comes from Jesus. And when my identity comes from Jesus, and I begin to act like Jesus, how many do I look less and less like me? And that's a good thing. I said to Peter up here when John was sharing, I said, you know, he's such, I said, he's such a good man. He really is. He's such a good man, unlike us. <laughs> you know? You see, listen, listen, Jesus preaches to him. Now listen to me. So on the road to Emmaus, two men were given a revelation of Jesus Christ. Where from? From Scripture. He opened their minds to understanding what was written. He used the scriptures to point to him. He pointed, okay, the scriptures point to him. Many of you in this room today, listen to me, are like these two men to Emmaus. Situation and circumstances have consumed your countenance. The situations of life have set your face like a flint, but like Jesus' flint. The situations and circumstances have stolen joy, They've let you in confusion. Your spirit is downcast. Your hopes are gone. You have a partial knowledge of Jesus. You have a limited understanding of Jesus. And now you're setting a course based upon the situations of your life and your limited understanding of who Jesus is. When Jesus is saying, I want to show you who I am. You need a full revelation of Christ. I need a full revelation of Christ. Well, I think it's interesting to me. There's a scripture in this scripture. Watch what happens. So they go on, and they drew near the village, verse 28, 29. Then verse 30, it says, Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? When's the last time the scripture has cauterized your heart from bleeding. When is the last time 
the scriptures have come alive and burned in your heart. When is the last time that you knew that you were holding the inspired word of God in your hand and the Holy Spirit was ministering to you and your heart was burning that I have found truth. That I have found truth that sets my course. I have found truth that defines my actions. I have found truth that I'm going to stand upon. You see, because Scripture brings a revelation of Christ that becomes the foundation of a person's life. Scripture is not the foundation of my life. Jesus is. From the garden to the throne room of heaven in Revelation, Scripture is about Jesus. I mean, I could go through, and I won't even try to do it because I'll mess it up, but I could start going right through the book. Moses. I could go through Genesis and point to who Jesus was. I can go to Exodus and show you. There's the lamb, the Passover lamb. I can go to Leviticus, and I can show you him and all those feasts. How many of you ever read the book of Leviticus? How many know Leviticus is really dirt boring? It's like eating cardboard. Until you bring Jesus into it. And once you bring Jesus into Leviticus, man, I'm telling you something, the pages of that book will jump off. The words will jump off the pages of that book because all of a sudden you'll find out about him as the, that, the, the one who was sacrificed and the blood that goes into the holy place and the great day of atonement. You'll find all about him in that book. You see, Scripture is an arrow that points us to Christ. Why do I want you to know the written word of God? Why do I want you to know the word of God? So that you know Jesus. So that you have a revelation of who Jesus is. I was going to bring a lot, I, a lot of other stuff I was going to talk about. I was going to talk about the teaching and the reproof and the correction and all those things. Those are all important. But those are secondary prime purposes. The primary purpose of Scripture was to reveal to the world Jesus Christ. The lamb that would take away the sins of the world. You see, the question was, isn't it funny? Jesus said to Peter, who do men, who'd men say that I am? Some say John, some say Elijah. Who do you say? You're the, you're the Messiah, you're the Christ, you're the son of the living God. It's blessed are you, Peter, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. The question I have today is, who is he? Who is Jesus? I'm going to tell you where the answer is. The answer is in it is written. We have a lot of people portraying a lot of Jesuses today. The Bible portrays one. Through what was written, Jesus led them to himself. Through what was written, Jesus had something that would change their countenance because they come to a revelation of him. They would now have complete understanding. They have something to put their faith upon. And how was this possible? Because Jesus was the one that it was written about. Do you know the one whom it is written about? If not, then I would suggest you become 
acquainted with what is written. It's amazing. The church wants to give, a, give a, the world a knowledge of how to live without giving them a knowledge of who we live for. We expect people who don't know Christ to act like Christ. How many know they got to know Christ before they can act like Christ? How many know I need to know Christ if I'm going to act like Christ? We want, to give, we want the world to live according to the Bible, but not reveal to them who the Bible's about. And the effect of Holy Scripture upon the hearts of men is, I believe, a cauterization of it that changes that heart. You see, I'm getting ready to close. Come on, Troy. Those three sacred words. No, it is written, not come on, Troy. It is written. I believe, let me conclude with some thoughts. It was a little different message today. I believe the main purpose of Scripture is to reveal Christ. I want to give you a suggestion today. I want to give you a suggestion not to pick this up mainly for a self-serving purpose, but rather to get an introduction of, and how do I want to say this? An introduction, to pick this up and to, to, to get acquainted with, to come to a full revelation of, to know Christ better. And how many know the better you know Christ, it becomes self-serving? We, we go, we run to it sometimes. And, and I'm all about the promises of God's word. And I'm all about going in there and finding nuggets in there for situations and circumstances. But if we're only going there to find answers for situations and circumstances while ignoring the larger picture, who is Jesus? We're treating it almost like a, a soda machine where I go out and put my tokens in and I want to get something out of it and I don't come back again. Do I need something? I mean, no, he's not a soda machine. I believe that the scripture is a revealed Christ. I believe scripture teaches us that. I believe we can see that in examples of Jesus himself teaching about himself from scripture. We see it from Peter or, or Paul teaching about Jesus from scripture and leading men to Jesus through the scriptures. Scriptures answer this question, who is Christ? It answers it. Before we can live a biblical life that God blesses, we've got to live, know who the one the Bible is about. Transformation is just not about acquiring information. Transformation comes from a relationship with Jesus. We must be convinced of who Christ is, or we may not be convinced of anything else. Because I really believe this with all of my heart. When I get a full revelation here of who Christ is, then I can start delving into a full revelation of who I am. I can't do that without a full revelation of who He is. 
Because my identity is in Christ, not separate from Christ. Remember going back to Timothy. I'm going to end with the scripture I started with. Timothy, continue the things you learned, the things you've become convinced of, and that from childhood you've known the sacred writings. From childhood, you've known the sacred writings, Peter, Timothy. These sacred writings that gave you the wisdom that leads to salvation through Christ. It's not scripture that makes you a better person. It's Christ and his spirit in you that makes you a better person. Listen, how many of you have ever read the same thing over and over and over again and never did it? Okay, yeah, all right. I'll talk to some of you after. Because somewhere along the line, how you read it was different because of the presence of Jesus and the Spirit of God. I would suggest to you, take it. Yeah, how, many, how many of you have ever said, I, I want to read the Bible, but I sit down and read the Bible, and when I start reading the Bible, it doesn't make any sense to me. Have you ever sat down and read the Bible and said it doesn't make any sense to me? Because they're not talking to me. They're like Absolutely. out there. Like they're all Bible scholars out there. You know? Francis Schaefer out there. Okay? I've heard countless people say that to me. Okay, let me ask you a question. How many of you here know algebra? Dumbest thing in the world, letters and numbers together. I don't get that whole thing. Letters, numbers, parentheses, and all that other stupid stuff. How many of you have used it since you got out of school? Just go, okay. How many of you understood it the first time you looked at it? Shut up, Eric. Like how many of you, how many of you understood 12th grade algebra in seventh grade? You didn't understand it either. Keep reading it. But when you sit to read it, listen to me for a minute. Simply pray, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me. Show me Jesus. Help me. Help me with it. Open my eyes, God. Open the eyes of my heart. Open my spirit. I'm telling you, it'll make a difference. But I want to start somewhere. It starts with a hunger in you. A hunger in you. You see, the, the fact of the matter is, some of us aren't hungry for it. We're content hoping we have enough knowledge to get us to heaven. But not really wanting enough knowledge that gives me a full revelation of who he is that changes me. As long as I can skate into heaven, I'm satisfied. I'm just telling you, that's the way some of you are. I mean, no hunger will drive you to more. I mean, no something that tastes good will lead you to more. I ate healthy all week till yesterday. It's my wife's fault. She made lasagna. 
many know what the best thing about lasagna is? The next day. <laughs> the leftover lasagna is actually better than the freshly made lasagna. Because the noodles soak up all. Okay, never mind. All right. And, and, and when you taste it, it's like, oh, I want more. When's the last time you had a taste? When's the last time you sat down and ate and God prepared a table for you? And you said, I want more of that. I want more of that. Scripture. Who is Jesus? It is written. It is written. I would suggest a starting point. Not necessarily in the Bible, a starting point in your mind that I'm going to pick up this book to discover Jesus. I'm going to pick up this book to know him better. I'm going to pick up this book so that I can know the lover of my soul. I'm going to pick up this book so I know the Lamb of God that took away my sin. I'm going to pick up this book so I know my Redeemer. I'm going to pick up this book so I know the author and finisher of my faith. I'm going to pick up this book because I want to know who the Alpha and the Omega is, the bright morning star. I want to know who He is. I'm going to pick up this book because I want more than a cursory understanding. I want to know who Jesus is. And I promise you, if you make that your starting point, you will come to a greater revelation of who Jesus is and the rest will blow your mind. The rest will blow your mind. And so Father, we say in this house today, create a hunger in us. That we would become people of the word. But that would start at a place that says, I want to know Jesus. And I believe the scriptures reveal him to me. Cause us to Set aside distractions. Cause us to turn off Facebook a little bit so we can get into this book. Cause us to have a hunger to get up earlier if we need to. Cause us to be willing to put in the time that is necessary. Cause us to grow weary of superficial tidbits. So this day, this day in this house, we say, I know who Jesus is because it's written. Come on, stand up with me. The guitar players are ready. <laughs> I always joke about guitar players. <laughs>
It's not just another book. He's not just another man. He's not just another prophet. 